Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 221 of Cyclocross Radio. On this show, we are back in the media pit where we've been all season, and it almost feels like a long season, even though it wasn't a, a full season, or, or, or was it? I don't know. I'm very confused about what 2020, 2021 means or how it will fit in, but we got a lot of cyclocross. That's the amazing part of it. We had the end of the Atheist Cross calendar and also the X2O Ducky Cross series happened this past weekend. We dove into those two great races. You know, I, I personally always look forward to these late season races because you get some interesting stories that come out of them. And so you get to see some some people who are starting to find their own way in cyclocross, either on comebacks or up and coming riders. So that's, that's what we're looking at in these races. Plus, we had some exciting finishes to the series to see who was going to take down the big prize in the X2O series. So that's about it. Uh, if you get a chance, head on over to Wide Angle Podium. We're, we're still there. We're still growing. We're still figuring things out. 2021 is going to be bigger and better. And even though it's just February, we're already figuring out how we are going to cover the Pro CX calendar in the United States, which is going to be awesome. So, you know, Zach and Michael and some of our other friends from the Wide Angle Podium and contributors to the CX Harris Bulletin are all joining forces because we want to give you the best darn coverage of cyclocross out there. And that that means signing up for the CX Harris Bulletin, which you can do at cxharris.substack.com. It's going to get a little bit quieter now because there's not a whole lot going on. But before you know it, we're going to be into it once again, and we're going to have cyclocross, and we want you to be with us on that journey. All right. It's episode 221 of Cyclocross Radio. We're in the pit with Michael, with Zach. We're talking about ACLO. We're talking about Brussels Universities, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit to talk about the penultimate week of the cyclocross season which means that it's only going to be the best of puns because we're coming coming down the home stretch michael <laughs> how's it going bill anywhere else it's just tuesday and guess what it's just tuesday here as well really just trying to eke out the last bit of excitement towards this cross season Sorry, 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 folks. I'm I'm full of beer and king cake and uh, ready for ready to go to bed. <laughs> oh, happy Mardi Gras! Do you say that? Yeah, yeah. I okay. said happy Mardi Gras a lot to people. Okay. I think the people were actually because you know, just a on a tangent. You know, it was canceled. No big parades, which meant that it was just the people that live here who were out in the streets, and everybody was wearing masks, and we waved at each other as we rode by or walked by, and it was actually quite pleasant. So it was a good Mardi Gras. Fantastic. Let's uh let's start with this atheist cross race in Aiklo. And uh where should we begin? Should we talk about this uh well, do we want to get the men's race out of the way or should we talk about the women's <laughs> race? I mean, 
again, it would be terrible to leave our friend Quentin. Oh yeah, no, we need to talk about Quentin. Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah, that's that stuff's getting too real. I'll stop with the uh, the Q and Q jokes. I think that stuff has gotten progressive. Anyway, I, we, yeah. I digress. Yeah. yeah. No, let's talk about that men's race. Let's 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 mix it up some and 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 start start with that. The uh, the Tormund twins doing what the Tormund twins do. You know, I think I think it was even uh, Cornet out there first leading the way, and um, that the that course should we talk about that course a little bit especially the the defining features of the course these little it seems like we have a lot of these races with kind of these these i don't want to steal a king's cross thing because this is different but sort of these camel humps you know these these up and down sort of serpentine off camber sections the distinguishing feature in this race was they kind of chopped out at a weird angle, the bottom of the top of one, and then put the stake under it, right? So it was like this smooth line, and then the earth just kind of disappeared at the apex, and then it came back down the other side. So if you cut it really tight, you just got it completely wrong. And I think it was Tone, wasn't it, in the right, in yeah, lap one? Tone, tone gets, to, you know, gets the wrong line, gets stuck up there. I think Vanderhaar, like, runs into the back of him and just shoots backwards about 30 feet. Everybody else gets held up and that, that really kind of defined the, defined the race right, right from the front. Any, any initial thoughts on, on this one? Well, I should point out, I, I think we're seeing the effects of how long it takes dad Watts to go in effect because Cornet <laughs> kind of, you know, uh, GVA part two has been stealing all the hype, but I believe Cornet had a kid the week, like two days before Worlds. It was like right before Worlds, and he obviously did not uh, benefit from that at that point because he was probably sleepless in Ostenda, but... <laughs> It seems like by now he's getting his schedule dialed in because both days, I mean, he was the Torment Twins. He was leading the way. He was uh, he was helping his boy, uh, Quentin, in more ways than one, but definitely like from the start was getting those those hot starts in both races. Yeah, we got to see the Tormans play a little sauce action. I mean, they we actually had a little bit of team tactics with, with the Tormans sort of playing with tone and sauce is really not a part of it um i thought that was that was great to see um and they actually as you said bill we've seen them at the front in the beginning but they actually stuck the landing this race yeah they did and it was it was it was interesting to see i, I was calling it a telenet fidea group ride out front because <laughs> you you can tell that they're still they're still all buddies out there you know they're all they're all you know tone and quentin i think you can see them like riding around together before races and stuff i think they're all kind of close so it was interesting to see that but it was it, you're right michael it, a couple things with the team tactics first corne going out front and then quentin able to counterattack and then the chasing group just like corne lead the way and he was kind of doing a semi-Saturn sit-up and just sort of soft-pedaling part of it to let to let Quentin really get a nice gap that they were able to close down as the race went on. But the initial gap, I just I just don't I, I don't think those guys were paying attention behind Cornegg because he was he really wasn't like pushing the pace and just letting his letting his bro go go out front. 
But then didn't he eventually let Tone kind of take the lead and then he just sat? I, I mean, I imagine Tone at probably at this point, he was probably just rolling his eyes. You know, he does the elbow flick and he's just like, oh, God, this is just like the beginning of the season where I get stuck and the sauce, you know, whether it's Van Turnout or Sweck or whomever it is, just sits on his wheel uh, and just makes him like do do all the work. So I'm sure he was not super thrilled about that. Yeah, our man, our man Don was in there too. Sort of, he had to. He was sitting on Corne's wheel, and, and he had to eventually go around and and close the gap. But it's like just to. I think we'll talk about this later. But if you think about it, like man, what about Sweek to the Lions? Tone Tone needs some help. We said that all year long. I don't know. I just I'll throw that out there right now. I think it was they were there were some rumblings on the internet. People were talking about it, and there was some like trying to figure out when Sweck's contract runs up. And I think the conclusion was next year. But yeah, I mean, we talked about that. We need. Uh, well, we'll get to this. We'll do more. I have another sports analogy that we'll get to. But we yeah, we need we need Tony needs some help. I uh, my man Lars. I just there was a hot second. He was back, but he's just kind of faded. Uh, we need things to shake up. Um, but two, I Bill, to your point, I think this is like who isn't Tone friends with? Like we've seen, like <laughs> I, he just must be like the ultimate. I mean, he's not a glue guy because he's a star, but he must just be one of those guys that everyone loves being around. I mean, like Lars is like cheering for him. He's friends with Don. He's friends <laughs> with Quentin. Like you know, he probably like find guys that he raced with as a junior, and they'd help him out in a race. It's just kind of remarkable <laughs> that you know. T- Tone is just so friendly. Yeah, for sure. And, and the other thing that I think has to be pointed out about this race that I do believe played into it is that we had the X2O finale the next day. Atheist Cross, I'm assuming the prize money's fine, but there's no, there's 30,000 euro on the line the next day. So this is, this is more of a like, hey, it'd be really great to win this race, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Not to take anything away from Quentin and after that big lead, Tone was able to able to shut it down. Really showing it's kind of disappointing, isn't it? I mean, Tone is starting to really come back now. I, I think he was probably uh, what was it? Was it uh, Namur? Namur that he uh, ran into the car, wasn't it? Into the van and and hurt oh, himself. That's right. Yeah, I, I think he hurt that. himself more than he was letting yeah. on, and I think it is. Namur does that to him, it seems like, every year. Uh, and <laughs> and I think that now we are seeing it, because we were all like, he just doesn't look like himself. And then I was even like, he's not even that good. He's not even that good, Tone. <laughs> and, then, and then you see him in this race, and just like he's just putting on the power, and he just looks, looks like his old self and looked like he really could just control that race. Uh, he was able to cut uh, Q's lead, down to 15 seconds at the end, but Herman's taking the win, emotional win. I, it was, it's great to see. I just downplayed this series. This, it's not even a series. I just downplayed Atheist Cross, but it really doesn't mean anything. It meant the world to this guy. There was not a more important race in the whole season for Quentin Herman's. This, this was his everything coming back from the injury frustrated with how his performance went, thought this was going to be the year that he was going to, you know, bring Tormans into, into prominence and be that, that third team. And, and it, none of that happened, but he finally got this win. And it just was like this, this cathartic moment of him uh, crossing the line, which just, 
I mean, just it, it was it was the highlight of the day for sure. I mean, it was just, just a great moment. And I don't know who whose black heart could feel bad or not, you know, appreciate that that moment of him crossing the line. Well, and Bill, that's kind of I, the point that you've been making is that if there is a opportunity that these races provide, it is for moments like that. We saw that last year with Wout when he won, you know, the, I don't know, it's not postseason, but the post-Worlds races. And, you know, you get to see cool stories like that. And, uh, you know, I think to your point, I think you made last year, we'll also see a rider who made a name for himself too, uh, especially at Brussels. So yeah, cool story, cool opportunity uh, that only, only I remember the old, like, was it like the NBA commercials? Like only here this happens. It's like <laughs> post worlds, you know, only here and you know Quentin celebrating. I don't know. I will, you know. So it's not a series race, um, but I will say that the bat, the last lap battle with Ellie and Tone was really good. And I kind of want to give a little kudos to Tone. Be- I mean, to Ellie because. At some point, he was like seventh or eighth, kind of really far back in the beginning of the race. And he just kind of kept dogging after it and found himself in the hunt. And then him and Tone were just going uh, absolutely ham. And, uh, you know, Ellie tried to take the inside line and had to dab and and, and Tone rode away clean. And so we had, we had a fun little finish there. So it was... I had the same thought. It's like X toes the next day, you know, we saw Squeak pull the plug early and I'll get to that later. But like, yeah, but they still, they're still, get, they're still getting after it. Like, you know, we have, they're still doing it post worlds. And so once again, it's that ebb and flow of the season. And here we are sort of on the, 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 the peak of the um, post wow Matthew and we are getting some good battles again. And, and it's, it's pretty cool. All right. So we'll put Michael down for Mount Matthew and Wout are ruining cyclocross. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can put me in that. Yeah. That's fine. Just, I'll defend just, that one. It just makes everybody else a chaser. And, and, <laughs> and now we got to see the battles again once, once they're gone. Um, before we go to the women's race, I want to talk about Sweek because you saw Sweek. He just, he just pulled out of the race, right? At some point, he, he got interviewed sideline. There was a shot of him like riding away with his wife um, and his kid while the race is still going on. Another, another baby. There's just a baby boom, a baby <laughs> boom. And so you, you would think, you would say, you know, end of the season, not a series race. That's probably what he's doing. But you, it's not, that's not the case with Sweek, right? Sweek is that kind of guy where, like, it, this could have been the middle of the year and he would still pull the same shit. I'm just like... <laughs> You know, Sweek is like the opposite. If we talk about Wout being the coach's son, I was like, what? what is Sweek on that team? Sweek is like the stoner who like has a soft touch around the rim, but like, and also has an affliction for steals, but doesn't really actually want to play defense and doesn't really want to go very hard, but he's like a good asset on the team. So it's like this conversation of like building a team around Sweek. I don't think you do that. I don't think Sweek is what you build a team around. Um, you know, I think... I don't know. That's why he could go to the Lions. He could be a good asset there. I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal this. All credit to the ringer. Sweck is Dion Waiters. He's the ultimate heat check. <laughs> if he's hot, he's going. He's going all in. He can't miss. He's taking the win. Any other time, he's just going to be on the bench the whole time. He's not even gonna get off the bench. He's gonna be. He's gonna be <laughs> coach's decision DMP. I would have like gone. Uh, Jr. Smith is my ultimate heat check guy, but. I don't know. Sweck might not be crazy enough. 
<laughs> to being J.R. Smith. Well, so like, I mean, to, to bear the lead a little bit. So we saw Niels Vandepoot. Vandepoot how do you say it? Puta. Is it Puta? Vandeputa? So we saw him step up, and it's it, one thing that seems interesting. We saw with uh, you know Jim Kleppy, Finally, they pulled the plug on him, um, and we've seen other guys like Jim Aronauts. They finally, you know, he they didn't renew his contract. But so we see in American sports, you get your rookie contract, you get three years to prove yourself, and like if you're not doing it, they're just like we'll just get more people. And it seems like there's this this midler sub midler cast that they just kind of leave around in men's cross. So you see riders sticking around, you know, and I say this, but like Don is still like the seventh or eighth best cyclocross racer in the world. But it's just kind of interesting, you know, that the, that the, the, the sauces would stack their, their lineup instead of saying, Hey, we've got Ryan camp could be a star. Like, let's, let's just get rid of swag, you know, move him uh, and kind of let, camp grow into this role and i wonder if it's kind of inhibiting the ability of some riders to develop where they just kind of have to you know because we saw where uh vandapuda he got a contract (laughs) out of the deal uh for for doing it for alpus and fenix and it seems like you know they're giving some guys a shot but like david vanderpool is still around like what there's got to be younger guys who maybe should get those contracts i don't know it's just kind of a weird dynamic that i've noticed um that we're shocked when a guy who's 32 and has no results finally doesn't get his contract. It's like, don't you have an 18 year old kid? You can give that to. Yeah. yeah and for a uh, van Apuda, he gets fifth place at a with just, um, sort of the precursor for things to come. The other thing, uh, notable about that race, another DNF along with Sweck, a guy who just looked like he just didn't have it and just walked off the, the course was, uh, Jens Adams. And you're, sort of feeling feeling for him as well you know the guy's a privateer now he's trying to do it on his own and just you know coming back into it after after pretty bad injury and just you know still still seems like it's frustrated at least at least on saturday should we move on and uh talk about this uh this women's race yeah yeah let's do it i, I heard there was some bank statements made <laughs> dropped well, I got to say, I mean, so we, I think earlier in the season, even when the, st- the statement occurred, <laughs> we've been, you know, I, we've been, we've been riding the, the credit shop for Stad's team hard right. this year for not, for their young riders, not, not stepping up. You know, one, I think it's interesting that they moved Yara to that team to kind of be the star. And I think at this point, it's fair to conclude that Backer is, is their star, but We've, we've been riding them hard for not being aggressive. And I was super impressed by how Bacher raced. I mean, she was, she was aggressive. She was, and it seemed like she was really owning the second half of that course where some of those steep power-ups were, were kind of happened. She had those dialed, but she like made a lot of mistakes, but she asserted herself a lot. And I was super impressed. She made, not even talking about the one that lost her the race, but she was, so much stronger than anybody else out there. She made so many mistakes and still was able to just close <laughs> it down time after time after time. Betsima out there on the front. And, oh, just what could have been. What could have been, like, one of the most exciting last lap. It was still an exciting last lap of a race. But just, just Manon, if you haven't seen this race, you have to watch that last lap at least. Manon Bacher looking like she's going to, she, she gets gapped a little bit, fights back, gets back onto Betsima's wheel. Betsima is pressured, is starting to make mistakes of her own. 
And then Zach, the backwards move. <laughs> there was a great one of the meme accounts <laughs> did it perfectly. Like they oh. brought that wind person in. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, but Bill, first, I mean, yeah. would you so? So I, I mean, so Betsima was. I mean, she actually had a gap. I mean, she had a lead. Uh, and uh, there's this, what do what do we say? You know, at the end of races. Zach, anything can happen. And anything almost did. That's in cyclocross. You have to, you did the whole line. It's, it's in cyclocross. <laughs> I, I put it in all caps when I write it. Anything um, so here, can I happen this into in so, cyclocross. A- so that's some uh, messes up that weird kind of side hill thing. And then she gets stuck at the top. So I, my question is... Last week at Worlds, we talked about brand, really learning from Sven, and she's mixing it up. Uh, if you're Bakker, do you come... So I watched the previous lap. The, the, the line on that hill was it was really hard to get over the top. You stayed right to the tape, right where Betsimo was splayed out. So, you know, do you do you dismount or do you go for it? Because I, to her credit, she went for the race-winning move. She went to the left and she tried to get up. But, like, I don't know. Do you... Is that like something that comes with age that maybe you make that decision? Uh, what do you do? And what do you do in that situation? I, I, it- I think, I think that I, I truly think she made the right call and it was just bad luck. I just think any, it could have gone the other way and we would have been brilliant move and they, they're sprinting out at, at the end when she, when she catches up to her. I want to know how they created that court. Just all of the sharp angles and man-made like little, it was almost like a, like a mountain bike park course but it was built for cyclocross because that was another one where it had like that little ramp section on part of it but not on the other part it was just it was really weird i don't know well didn't did this course also have a whoop section yes. where tone but it was did, a flowy whoops yeah it was i actually thought this course this is a course that looked like a lot of fun to me it did. mostly because it was sunny but cold and like it just i I was like, I want to ride this course. This is a course that I put in my list of courses to ride. Yeah, I agree. It, it looked like a lot of fun. And that, that wasn't a criticism. It just, it, yeah. it, it also, it opened up. It's the thing, kind of thing that I love. And what you were just talking about, Zach, it's like line choice. It's, it's strategies. What's going to happen? It's like, let's go back and watch the tape and see, see what, what could have been a better move. I, if she gets off and run, but still, even if she gets off and run, I don't know if it's faster. I don't know if she, you know, had she been had anybody been really running on that outside well that's that's a good point i mean everyone was riding the inside cuz yeah. i mean you saw like even in previous laps well in this lap betsma didn't get over but in previous laps it was one of those where you still needed that extra crank you know half pedal stroke to kind of get over the top but I mean, I don't know. It's I, I like what I like about it is she was going for the win. Like I think if she gets over the top of that, she wins the race. I mean, Betsima was in a ton of trouble. She was under pressure. She had just made two huge mistakes. So I like it. I mean, if you're talking about why you, how you should use these races as a young rider like Bakker, go for the win. Just go. And I, that's what I love. What she did. She she attacked. She made a mistake. She attacked again. She made another mistake. She attacked again. Like learn. Go for it. Who cares? Like you're gonna podium. Like go for the win. And I think that was cool uh, to see a young rider use it as kind of like this development opportunity to to try to beat one of the top three riders in the world. So I thought it was really neat. And and I approve. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool she went for it. 
But I just kind of wonder if it was Brand in that situation, if Brand, for example, would have like, you know, the crafty veteran that she is, if maybe she would have dismounted. Um, but yeah, I like the brashness of the, the young rider just going for it, you know, saying, I, no one's ridden this line all race, but I'll see if I can do it. So I love it. Now yeah. you're a fan of the brashness. I don't, you know, I coming I'm around. Just I'm, I'm kidding. I'm coming around. I so someone in the the Slack channel was trying to come up with the A B Bacher, and I was I was trying to I don't like non Bacher backer. I I couldn't. I I don't I don't know. But I was impressed by how she raced. I don't know why this race of all races would elicit those those reactions. So and I, I say that and she took that that energy into the next day and was giving it to Brand this time and. uh Got on the podium again, so yeah, before, good weekend for her. Before we leave this race, another standout performance, fourth place, Anna Kay, who was dominant in the beginning of this race, but just couldn't couldn't hang on for to put in put in a full forty five minutes. Uh, fourth place, a nice finish for her. Sonny Kant looking for still looking for that win. Just just was was in the mix for a while, but just wasn't wasn't happening. One more race, maybe she'll get one on the last weekend. Maybe enough people have have hung it up now after after Brussels at Sonic and grab grab that last weekend win. Well, it's like yeah, but like everybody in the pony camp's also going to be there with her too. Right. <laughs> so she's going to have to she's going to have to lead the group ride and uh, take them on some wrong turns and uh, go the right way and, and get the win. Didn't Yara call it a season two? I think she's I think she's done. I think she even said it was like she's just toast. Yeah, I mean, we. I would just look thinking of Zach what you said about Credit Shop's free stats and that team. Bacher is the standout rider this year, and really Yara has kind of disappeared this season. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, she did finish fifth at Worlds though, which it's crazy. Good, you know, it's and, a crazy good finish. It's just at, yeah, right. Well, yeah, and then worst worst was third at Worlds and. Where was she, you know, she's kind of fallen off again. So All right, so I'll put you who, who, I know why. way too early. And it's not top 10, but that, I mean, that's what people like to do. Who's going to, who's going to have a, like, teams say the same. Who has a better season next year? Seven cubed or credit shop for stats? Like, just credit the, shop. the overall, like, does worst return? You know, does Van Elfen continue to be better than Vanderheiden? I mean, it's really like, is is Worst going to be back? And is Bakker going to continue to develop? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> Worst Vanderheiden is still a strong duo. And if you're but Van Elfen has just been hanging. I mean, we yeah. you saw the analysis I did. Like, she's just like fourth place, like of the U23. She's hanging in there. She had, you know, she's just always right around the top 10 like i don't know I, you know i don't i don't know interesting I, question i'm leaning towards credit shop free stats coming out even stronger uh next season yeah i i'm i'm putting all all my money on aliche having a bounce back season i forgot about her wow did i forget about her <laughs> i was gonna be the return of the arzufi yeah i mean she was she's been bringing down the seven sevens you know oh <laughs> odds that's yeah i would love to see that too we need more nationalities up in that top 10 she's down there in slow ride uh territory coming in with those 16th places (laughs) we need to we need to add that cross metric 
for sure next yeah. season. Yes. The the slow ride, the slow ride metric. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's uh let's head on over to Brussels Universities and the weird weird venue that is Brussels Universities. So you say weird, you've been there. Mm-hmm. Looks cool to me on camera. What's what's the weird vibe? What do you It's disjointed. It's just disjointed. It's yeah. it's it seems it almost seems like something that you would see more in Is it American Cross? I don't know. It's it's a it's it's the course is fine, but it just goes if you are a spectator, there's no real place where everybody is just saying, this is where we're going to watch the race. I guess it would be more where the, the, uh, the, the amphitheater section was, but even, and if you looked at it this year, that would have been the case. I, I got, I got it in a odd year because there was a lot of construction going on. So a lot of that was closed off. So you couldn't, it was really hard to get in there. Uh, one big change from last year to this year, which was confusing me because it seemed I w- at first I thought it was just that there were no spectators there because the pits were just a mess last year, just an absolute mess with it sort of this double pit or split pit. And then the mechanics had to go from one side of the course to the other. And then down the middle was a spectator path. So they like had to hold up spectators if mechanics were like traveling through and then they would all run into each other. And that was also the race last year that uh, Yara did the U-turn. <laughs> Who was it that she flattened? Verdon shot. Oh, Verdon shot, right. Yeah, and took down Verdon. So, so they moved the pits into where the, I guess where it was the first year, which was the sort of the um, where all of the food and beer area was. And and the party zone, that party zone, there's no race to watch there. Th- that's why I say it's weird. It's like this big area and everybody's there. And I know that's what they do in Belgium. They don't care. And there's the big screens and everything. But it's just like the road section. And they just sort of zoom by. And that's all you see of the race. And yeah, it's just, it's odd. It's urban. Better it's, on TV. Yes, for sure. <laughs> A couple things. One. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that you just described this a venue and this course for like three minutes. You didn't mention that the pinwheel was gone. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> whoa, the pinwheel was gone. That's I was right. disappointed. The Vander, I, the, so va- I, the Vander pinwheel. <laughs> at the risk of like, I don't, I hope this word is not, offensive in some way because i know that there are a lot of words that are these days and please call me out but just looking at the history of this race it's like three or four years old the word that came to mind comes to mind is just like janky it's just such a weird janky like they're like oh we'll put a pinwheel on the course and they were like you can see how far away people you can see your time gaps and it's like the rest of the world hates pinwheels but to me it's like they saw this venue, they saw the amphitheater, and they were like, we have one really awesome feature, let's go try to make a cycle cross. You know, there's those where you just, you see a feature, I almost wonder if Jingle Cross, if John Meehan did this, he's like, Mount Crumpet, I'm making a cycle cross race here, you know? I, I, I just feel it has that vibe to me. Well, I think that the, I think that it's a short course, I think that's probably the pinwheel 
as well. Although Vervec will say it's great for the sponsors because the camera's in one spot and you get to see right. all of the all of the banners. But even even the the planks, you know, you come out of the amphitheater and it just runs all the way down the side of the soccer field as long as you can go because they needed the real estate. And then when that grass ends, it makes a U-turn and comes back. And then they have the planks there. I think the other thing with the, with the pinwheels, like it was the only place that was a field. It was the only place that was actually green and there was grass. So they were like, well, let's ride there. But the other stuff is cool. I mean, those off cameras are, are super sweet. I don't even think the other change that they made is that I think that the big, long off camber, Last year was more severe. When I was there, I mean, it was hard to stand, you know, and that was, I got these photos of everybody just sort of tripoding down there in a row. And it seems like that was, they, they went either lower down on it or they started before. And there was also a little off-camber section above that that they took out. So they definitely did a lot of changes that I, I don't know. It, it just, it just seems, it seems weird. It seems like a place where you get a lot of flats. It seems like a, a, a disjointed um, track, but. Racers make the race, right, Zach? Well, I kind of like this course. I do have to say, so one, my first year of cyclocross, there's Ripon College in Wisconsin, birthplace of the Republican Party. Uh, but so their their college is like on a hill. And so they hosted a race one year and it was super low key. But like we started and you ran up like four flights of stairs. I mean, just it's like the amphitheater, but that's like the whole course. And I guess I just I think it was so much fun that for like some some college bros ended up grabbing a couch so by the time we were racing in like the cat three race they grabbed a couch and they got a case of beer and there were a bunch of bros just like heckling as we got to the top of the hill which was a super awesome vibe so to me i just pretend it was the one year of ripping cookie cross which also won cookies which was pretty sweet i finished second i was really excited (laughs) but to me that's kind of uh what it was so should we talk are we talking about the women's the women's race oh my last my last yeah, let's. But what my last, my very last note on on the course, and maybe why I didn't like it, is I couldn't find the press room to save my life. <laughs> it was in that brutalist building. It was. Um, and and Balin Balin Hamvas had to basically take me by the hand and, and and show me where it was, and we went around three different turns and up two different hidden staircases. And well, the course is disjointed to you, but I I guess it's fair to say that someone. This is like. Uh, Alvarado's home course and she knows it well and she rides it well. This is her third victory, right? She won it. Is she the only is she the only victor? I I could check that real fast, but I think I think maybe, yeah. I mean I think it's only Yeah, you're right, because the first one was one of her she was a U twenty three and it was a huge win. It was it might have been like her first one of it definitely was one of, if not her first major series, like big wins. Yeah, she's the only winner. Yeah, because um, it was it was protest year. It was year Bill couldn't find the press room, and then it was this year. <laughs> oh, is this only year three? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it feels like it's been a part of my life for four. I would have <laughs> guessed year four. Yeah, they had they had student protests out there on on year one because they didn't want to. Oh, it was it was very fun. American. They didn't want to cycle across. Yeah, that's part of the college experience. That's great. (laughs) Um, You guys, guess what? You know, Alvarado hasn't won, hasn't lost an X two O race all year, or she's won every X two O race this year. Still didn't win the overall, but uh, 
just yeah the the silly series with the Copenberg is the first race it'll always be I like it I, I think the Copenberg throws a curveball into the the series but it's your first race with the biggest time gaps yeah let's not yeah. let's not be you know I I I, I shouldn't I shouldn't criticize that it's not a criticism but uh on the gcm broadcast jeremy and uh marty waited until about two or three laps to remember that there was um thirty thousand euros on the line for this race and that there was a 40 second gap between first and and second place and then and then it got really exciting after (laughs) and they're uh commentating after that but that's what we had going going on here where you had lucinda brand was winning the series by, and this is the X2O, you know, formerly Dave Ave series, is done by time. And she started this race 41 seconds ahead of Denise Betsema. And that quickly started uh, disappearing. <laughs> and it, this wasn't really, you know, it's it's one of those things that, there were two races going on at the same time. There was the race for the win, which uh, Alvarado just looked good. I mean, she looked strong and just on it and was handling everything. Uh, Betsima looked great, too. Was not letting her get but so far ahead. And that sort of made made for some drama at the end of this race. Well, I guess as the upper Midwest cyclocross racer expert correspondent, I'll weigh in here. Uh, I felt for her. We've all been there. If like, I feel like if you've raced cyclocross for more than two years in the upper Midwest, you've raced in the snow and you've gotten snow in your cleats. And it is, it's terrible. It sucks. I mean, I, in the green room, I was telling you the first time it happened to me with Jim Cross 2014 on Sunday, it snowed, had a big ball of ice on my, my shoe by the end of lap one. And I just quit. I went to the team tent and grabbed a beer and I was like, I am done racing cyclocross at this weekend event um so i i definitely felt for her and i you saw the frustration uh at the end i mean what were you guys' thoughts yeah looking so, so at that what what happened was she was she was there she was safe she was behind betsima i think she was giving up maybe 15 20 seconds going into the last lap and you're like all right she, she's okay you know betsima even picked up five seconds in a bonus so she she narrowed it down even even more and they're coming around the last half of this lap and brand is gone. She's not there. All of a sudden we're seeing man and backer and we're seeing Ben Van Empel. And you're like, Holy cow. She crashed. Something horrible has happened. She just lost 15,000 Euro, which would be the difference between first and second on a half lap of a race. And then they finally pick her up and her, you know, she's heel pedaling. She's midsole pedaling. She's just like pounding on there. Cannot clip in. Couldn't clip in for the whole last lap. Or I guess since she had switched bikes, I'd imagine. And oh God. And, and she thought she had lost it. You know, I mean, she was just basically doing all she could to get pressure onto those pedals to make it to the finish and ended up eking out the win by two seconds, five seconds, somewhere around like- there. Five. Let's see. And the best part of this is Bill actually put up five and then said two. I was, I was, I was, was trying, I was trying for confirmation. I got <laughs> just blank <occurred>. stairs. 
<laughs> so I have to have to say, and I'm not gonna. Five I'm seconds. Certainly, Five seconds. My hand was. I'm not correct. gonna. I'm not gonna second words. guess her. I mean, it's it's interesting hearing people talk. One of the uh, techniques that some people use is to use Pam on their pedals. You spray the pedals, and that would be if you pitted like every half lap. I tried that once. It didn't work. I got a ball of ice at state championships in 2015. Uh, where that happened to me someone suggested running flats with jeremy chimed in he's like i don't i don't know i've actually thought about this if i ever have to do a snow race like that again just because it it was that terrible but so the thing i've learned is you have to do you have to do sides and tops so if you just bang down on the top it's not going to happen you kind of have to this is what i've learned is you have to do like a double tap on the side and then start jamming it on the top and that'll hopefully free up the snow if you know for if you find yourself in this situation, I, that's what I've learned about trying to clear snow and ice. Well, I mean, is a lot interesting. There's a lot of talk about the pedals and, you know, what she's running and, you know, what can she do to change? And it's like, but everybody else is running the same thing. So it's, it's not. She has huh? a sponsorship. Right. That too. But like every, but like everybody's on Shimano's, right? Like, is anybody else riding anything else really in the pro field? I mean, Shimano shoes, Shimano pedals, like it's, it's, it's not an equipment thing. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing. Those, those pedals lend them to sort of getting clogged up, but like everybody else has to deal with that. So it's like, it's almost like she's still on the same level. It's just, you know, kind of bad luck. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's, Do, can I give my theory on how she can fix this? <laughs> I know it's coming. Yes. Do it, do it, do it. It's all body heat. She runs hot, which means that she is melting the bottom of her shoes and therefore creating the opportunity for ice buildup. Lucinda Brand needs to race. She needs to go triathlete and just go no socks. And then she'll keep her legs cold and then she won't have that ice buildup. You know, I'm sure you could probably get some sort of like electric shoes that runs a little hot plate on the bottom of your cleat and then it stays warm. I mean, that's p- plugged it up to your DI2 or your whatever shoe doping? E button. Huh? Shoe doping? <laughs> shoe doping. Dude, wh- <laughs> what are you doing on a podcast and why are you not inventing this? <laughs> I mean, just think of all like the upper. I mean, man, you'd just be you'd be popping in the upper Midwest and NEC. <laughs> or how about how about magnets? How do th- how do they work? Bill, can you tell me how how do those magnets work? <laughs> you pour some Fanta on this cleats, <laughs> and it clears right out. Oh man! So, Brand wins the overall X two O. So we had two series X two O and the Super Prestige. Um, all the winners of those series didn't win the last races. Sort of, they did it by sort of gutting it out, sort of through the full season. Um, Alvarado actually won, like I said, won every X two O race in in twenty twenty one. Pretty much won the won the last six of them, um, but had those two really bad races. So it was just interesting to see uh, what Tone won the Super Prestige, but was nowhere near the finish to that. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting stat to see how how those series play out and and how sometimes you know we see the riders race these full seasons and sometimes it's like that's what it's about like you're not always hot and fresh but you're gunning for those overall in the series and that is kind of a cool thing about having two different series 
in your season. Three World Cup, too. So, well, in, to to brands credit it's nice i mean this one of course came right down to the wire but for the world cup uh it's nice going into that last race knowing that you're fine that's that's sort of another mark of just how amazing of a season she had so one thing that uh going back to the i'm gonna come back to the beginning of the race because i was having this thought and then like i built upon it uh towards the end of this race this thing that we're talking about so uh, this season, I guess it kind of, well, we, we recorded when we were excited that there was cyclocross racing, uh, we recorded, we were going to like analyze an EKZ <laughs> September race, uh, Bill ended up just taking over and, and doing it, but we talked a lot about, so it started, I think it was one of the, the young Swiss riders was bunny hopping. We were talking about the game changing or whatever. Uh, and you know, I always come back to the point that, you know, it still seems like, yeah, bunny hopping is really cool, but like you need to be able to steer your cyclocross bike. Really, that's what wins races. So we saw in lap two, Alvarado had a great start. She kind of neutralized Betsima's, you know, hot start from the beginning, but there was that 180 off camber and Alvarado by far was riding it better than everyone else in the field. But second wheel was Anna Kay, uh, you know, bunny hopper she no fear but i mean she was a train wreck on on that corner and i i think she i think alvarado owes her at least like 10 euros for giving her like an additional i mean it was literally like 10 seconds that she gave her because she just could not ride that and you know and i was like well it's cool that you can bunny hop but like to win races you need to be able to develop these skills but you saw in the last lap, Bacher was bunny hopping, and that saved her one time of not getting off her bike, uh, I think. Maybe it didn't, but like by bunny hopping at least a few times, she was able to not get off her bike and risk having to put her foot on the ground, and that it might have been the barriers that ultimately was like mm. the tipping point that just clogged brands. So it was interesting to me that like it, it you know like it doesn't matter but like in this situation it did and so it isn't like a nice skill to have in your arsenal and in this case it kept bacher from having to do one dismount per lap so i thought that to me was kind of interesting um but yeah i felt like it was like like anna k did like a pick play (laughs) that was my gonna be my football analogy like should she have been flagged for offensive pass interference (laughs) so between vandaputa vanderpool in that same section last year and Alvarado, Alpacine, Phoenix, just leading the league in drifting skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was, right? Because you kind of had to take it, but then you kind of had to drift the recovery and riders were sliding out and they were getting stuck on the low line. And yeah, it was like one of those where once you, and then you were, you're just kind of like holding on to that little bit of friction that you have to be like, come on, pedal forward. And Alvarado's head nailed. I mean, you could just watch each lap, like, she was just opening up more and more of a gap on that section. So it was super impressive that she had that, that section dialed. But yeah, I also wanted to make, I was thinking like blocker charge, but then it was kind of like the pick play with just sprung Alvarado for the touchdown. It's yeah, so funny because, because Kay earlier in that first lap, like totally gets the drop on her teammate Lechner around that first off camber where she just comes in with so much speed and it's like, it's whoop goes right around Lechner and gets that, that gap. Um, so interesting how some of those skills don't always translate. And then she basically just made Lechner disappear. Like, I don't think I saw her the rest of the race. She was embarrassed. (laughs) Okay. Well, good race, uh, by Bacher. Great weekend by her. Ended up third in that race. Uh, Femme Van Empel still, uh, 
still doing it. You know, the, the, the sauces coming in strong, uh, brand ended up fifth, winning the series and Marie versed in six. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We still have to do the men's race, but Powell Sawson, rider of the year. It's gotta be Denise Betsema. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, yes, as, as <laughs> I'll give a shout out to, to my friend, Narayan, um, Ailey Israbeet, he's Mr. October, except in this case, <laughs> you don't want to be Reggie Jackson. You don't want to be Mr. October. Ailey Israbeet, Mr. October. That's amazing. Okay, let's talk about this men's race. It, uh, we already mentioned Niels Vandeputte. I think he was kind of the standout rider. And going back to that section, just that you were talking about, he was nailing that. Like, he had it dial like i think he was he was truly just had his inner inner vanderpool on there and he was like hey come on i i I belong on this team too i'm the stand-in i can do this just as well and he just he was just nailing that and looked just awesome in that race but it came down came down to the boys tone ayrton uh and q man out there out there making things happen this was one that uh we were talking about the series so the race here it was a bit of a reach for Tone to win this series. I think he was down three minutes at the beginning of it. Uh, Ailey was protecting his lead, which he gained mainly in October, and uh, was just sort of hanging on for dear life as it as it came down to the end. And this was this was really like talk about ending the series or the the season more or less. I know we got one more weekend, but Tone man just just looking so strong once again. I just wanted to say that Tormund's twins back on the front at a university, I realized their kit looks like a highlighted textbook. Those are the deep, those are the, those are the deep cuts that you come to the media pit for. That was beautiful. It's like the biology 101 textbook you get from the campus bookstore used. And that's the fucking Tormund's twins kit. Boom. Well, but we talked about the, the pedal issue. I mean, I think it, it, reared its head for Quentin as well. He was in the mix with Tone and coming out of the amphitheater, he had trouble clipping in and it seemed like it was he was at his limit and once he got off the gas, he was just like, you know, that momentary lapse just kind of was kind of what did him in. So pedal problems all around with snow coming to, to Europe, several races, you know, that looked like what we might see in NECX or something late in the season here in the States. So kind of, kind of an interesting little twist, but another, another pedal issue, but yeah, Quentin Hermans finally putting some, some things together. Uh, what do you guys think about Vandeput? I was, int- I was just looking at his results and not, not super great result at, at worlds, but you know, he last year was doing the U23 races and he won a number of them for the last couple of years and was in the mix. So just kind of an interesting twist that it's taking these U23 riders that would usually be racing against one another and just throwing them to the wolves, kind of like what happens here in the States where, yeah, you're U23. Well, now you're racing against the big boys now. So kind of cool to see him kind of crack the top 10 here towards the end of the season and really easily you know, right, to build to your point. He is making the most of this opportunity and he got rewarded for it. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. So, so we saw two of this is the second story of just breakout performances rewarded with pro contracts this season, right? Fem Van Empel, the same thing, getting that pro deal with uh, 
the sauces and now Vanderput uh, on the Alpacine Phoenix team. Does he race road as well? Do we know? I don't know. I but he was injured. I think this year. I think that's part of the reason why maybe the results he's done a lot less races and the results weren't there. I think this is sort of was the coming back strong uh, and then boom, you know, like this is what I can do and I'm actually uh, in shape. Um, so yeah, he's also never mind. I was gonna another. Yeah. I, I wanted to put a uh, just uh, finish my thought from last race with Jens Adams not having the race he wanted comes back this race gets a fourth place finish which I think was a huge result for him and we'll see if he's back next year again he's doing this privateer program trying to do it on his own he's going to be 30 years old next season but if anything this was the race he needed to, to finish it up getting some prize money getting in fourth fourth place looking looking strong out there so it'll be really interesting to see if uh Jens is back so I'm looking he raced two races in 2020 and then three in 2020 and then that was it like he, he was he injured also, okay was he also injured yeah okay. yeah I think he's a good candidate for doing the stateside swing next year Bill to build on your earlier point just came to me Always got to have a basketball reference. I don't know if we've had one yet. Are the sauces becoming the Florida State of cyclocross? And here's so Florida State was, you know, for 30 years was a football powerhouse. It was absolutely dominant, you know, winning na- national championships. They've fallen apart. They're a basketball school now. Their team is ranked consistently up near the top 10. They've been doing really, really well. I mean, are the are the sauces becoming a, a women's cyclocross team? Are they the Florida State of cyclocross? Oh, I see where you're going with that. I like that. I like that. Mm. Maybe so. That'll be that'll be something for that team organization if they're if they sort of have to put their uh, put their resources into the women's side. I don't see it happening, but uh, <laughs> we can we can always dream. Yeah, that's I mean that's interesting, Zach. Right? Because if you look at the three men leaders. Ellie, Sweck, Vanternau, we've, you know, the rumors are, we're, I think maybe we're trying to will Sweck leaving that team. Um, Ellie got injured and kind of just really, I mean, he's never, he's not recovered from that. We know he can be strong again. Mikey V got, got a win, but you look at the upside, I guess it does seem to lean more towards the women's, especially with Femme Van Empel. Look at every big team. Um, you look at the best rider you you have Lucinda Brand, definitely the standout rider for the Lions. You had Betsema, who's the standout rider for the Sauces. Matthew Vanderpool is the only one getting in the way of Alvarado being the standout rider for for Alpacine Phoenix. And even you know she was she put in a whole season compared to Vanderpool. It's it's really interesting with these with these big teams that it is the the women's programs that are well at least individually are excelling and cannondale bill for kona who's the putting you on the spot in europe i mean it's uh the <laughs> win by default so tbd for the inner team competition we won't we won't make a we won't make any any statements we we um, 
I gotta, we gotta, well, we got, I gotta give the win to Rebecca Ferringer because I want to give her a shout out. Um, friend of the pod, she's she's great. She's she's been pumping out more content than CX Hair's Bolton, I think. Yeah. I mean, she's like, she's in, I don't know if you watch her latest vlog, she's in her van uploading like ride pre, like pre ride videos. I just want to give her a shout out. Great work. I, I, I know it's been a weird year for the Americans and you know it's it's great to see all the the athletes sort of trying to figure out ways to sort of like broaden their game and I think she's done a good job with it so I'm sure the she's The thing ready. I love is I know a few years ago that there was like a Facebook Rebecca Ferringer Ultras she had a support they were like Rebecca needs a fan club and some belgies but like she's been getting fans like if you follow her on Twitter just like in Spanish, in French, in Dutch, just being like, oh, this Rebecca Ferringer is pretty funny, like, which is something that we've all known. So it's just awesome to see, I don't know, in a way too, that I think we kind of view cyclocross as being so serious, you know, in, in Europe, especially in Belgium, so that she's kind of breaking through and her personality is shining and she's making some fans and, you know, hopefully to be better for her next year in a normal year when she gets some results to kind of have that, that support where people are like, Oh yeah, we, you're super fun. Like we're going to be a fan of you. So it'd be, I think that's pretty awesome uh, to see that she's getting that validation in really was, I mean, she'd be the first to admit it was, it was a rough year and she did not get the results that she wanted. So. All right. Let's answer this one question we got in the mail. This was from a uh, Jeff Diefenbach who asks, when was the last world not to feature barriers? I think I think we can do this. So we have this year that just happened, which was in Ostenda, which had barriers. No. It didn't. It didn't. Did it? Were, did it? There were no planks. <laughs> there was there were the I, stairs of doom, but I don't think there were I think we were going to try to find the one before Ostenda that didn't have. So the answer is this year. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's figure out the, the the one before that. The one before that. So what's uh? <laughs> Bill, you were there. Did were there planks at at uh, Airport Cross? There were definitely planks in Dubendorf. We were both there to witness the hidden planks in uh, in in Denmark. Yes, for sure. I remember those. Yeah, you couldn't cover them because they were stuck in the <laughs> middle of like six levels of barriers and course. And what was before that? Valkenburg. And I think that's the one. I don't think there were any planks in Valkenburg. So here's my thing about planks, and I think you are correct. It's it's interesting that you know, when you, when you sell cyclocross to people, you're like, ah, come watch the barriers. And when your first race, you're like, wow, that's really crazy. Y'all are going over planks. But if you look at like the iconic cyclocross races, not very many of them have planks. It's interesting. Like, you know, uh, Copenberg, no planks, Namur, no planks. I don't think Zolder has planks. Like no planks at Zolder. Um, I don't know. I you know I just I'm trying to think. Like Valkenburg, I think was an iconic race until like they don't do it anymore. So just I don't know. To me, kind of interesting that some of the did Cokesida. I feel like Cokesida doesn't. I would. Why would they need planks? Yeah, I just feel like it's <laughs> one of those running. Where they, <laughs> they don't need right planks. <laughs> what about the iconic DCCX? 
got planks. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> what was the race with? It was like a stump. There was no planks. It was a stump you had to jump over or like a tree that fallen down. And then it was like. We had a tree one year. Yeah. Okay. There was a year that Cincy did that, I think. And then the UCI said no. I, after our race, they decided it was, we shouldn't have had it, even though they decided it was okay before the race when we did our walkthrough. <laughs> Anthony Clark wishes we didn't have it, but <laughs> I just I missed the Yule logs at Jingle Cross. I think that was a that's a tragic casualty of of UCI heavy handedness. <laughs> It was just like some random like short logs that were too close together to really ride. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a ridiculous feature, but they were called the Yule logs. So you remembered them. But, you know, I think once they went to a world cup, they were just like, we're going to have uh, this season, Michael, we're going to, uh, I shouldn't tell him he'll, he'll be able to study up. I think he can do it without studying. We're going to, we're going to test Zach on his knowledge of all of the jingle cross features. Right. Yes. We just got to have like a, like a trivia night. Um, and we just, uh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. And then, and then I'm saying it now, so you can't steal my idea. This is like, we're, we're copywriting, patenting. We're doing all of this right here on this show. Let's make a jingle cross board game. <laughs> okay. It's like, Sort of like yes. Candyland and shoots and ladders all mixed in, <laughs> but it's going to be jingle cross. I think we can do this. <clears throat> okay we're gonna we're gonna Let's have to of it. course we're gonna have to pay john Meehan some sort of licensing fee i i know but. <laughs> that is true but he has the features i mean you know yeah. uh track we love you chad i chad i know chad brown you usually listen start naming your features man i know some of them have have features but start start naming more features at, at track and we're we're in i mean you can make a game around the hidden bar but i i, I don't think it's something you're selling to kids yeah, and, and you know, no one gets too excited bar, about Loading Dock Hill, or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, it was more fun when we called it the Loathing Dock because you really loathed having to. It's <laughs> great. They should. There you go. Okay, that's going to yeah. be part two. Is we're going to name features for Trek. Yes. Oh man. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait to go to Fayetteville and start naming those features. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything about Arkansas. The, there's the hogs, Ar- the Razorback. There's probably there's got to be a Razorback feature there, right? Woo, pig suey. <laughs> That's and on that um, note, <laughs> yes, I think it brings us to the end of a, another cyclocross radio media pit. We got another weekend of racing. I I don't know how much we're going to be <laughs> excited to talk about it, um, but maybe we will. Maybe there'll be like good party races out there but they're they're happening i i you know becca i i called i called this the penultimate race i guess there are two races i don't think one of them is televised i think only one of these races is televised so well and we know the biggest loser i mean really of this post worlds in the pandemic year mr bunny hop yeah, Tom Mason. Is Tom like, Mason. This is this is the reason I don't retire is to keep my <laughs> keep my title at the end of the season. Maybe he'll just do it. It would be great if he just like went out in his front yard and had his own contest, invited over some friends. 
Yeah, we'll just call up J-Pal and do a GCN bit about it. There you go. You can have that one for free, Jeremy. Like he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Hasta